and welcome to the Poo Crew. We're all about expelling gas and expelling spirits here. So, uh... I can burp on command. I can. You know that? Mine was just natural. I can just... You can let that yeah, I can, I can burp on command. I can't burp the alphabet. Griffin is very Every good. time I've tried, I've I end up just like feeling sick in my tummy. So what you're saying is you're just very good at letting things out of your body. Yeah, but here's the funny thing. I what I don't do is puke. Yeah. I, I have puking. not I have not puked since I was a child, like a child child. The last time I remember puking, I was like 8 years old. I, um, the last time I puked was, um, so what caused me, the really downhill spiral that caused me to have IBS was I got really bad food poisoning from a Chipotle burrito in my senior year of, um, high school. And because of that, it led to a, a lot of bad eating habits, which led to, uh, intestine problems and, uh, uh, gastritis. And it just was a snowball. But anyways, the last time I puked was actually when I ate that burrito. <laughs> oh buddy actually no that is a lie the last time i puked was technically two weeks after i ate that burrito i thought i was good enough to eat taco bell so i ate some taco bell and then i threw up <laughs> taco bell <laughs> weirdly enough i haven't eaten chipotle since then but i wait, have eaten taco bell <laughs> wait way to tie it back into pooping instead of puking taco bell i have no I a- qualms with taco bell I had a brief Taco Bell phase uh, at the beginning of college. First couple years of college, I, I really liked me some Taco Bell. Because um, we never got Taco Bell when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My my family doesn't eat a lot of, like, big chain fast food. Mm-hmm. So I never ate Taco Bell as a kid. And then discovered it in college. Liked it for a while. And then very quickly realized... Every single time I eat this, it's bad. Bad things happen. And what's most shocking about Taco Bell is how quickly it moves through your system. This only happens to some people. Taco Bell, I have no problems with, except for that night, like, six years ago, because I, I had was developing gastritis, and Taco Bell just ripped up my stomach even more. But um, since then, I have no qualms with Taco Bell. Taco Bell and I have never had a problem. You know, usually if I eat something that's, like, gonna give me problems, i.e. dairy, mm-hmm. um, it usually takes, like, I mean, it takes, like, up to 12 hours for that shit to, like, come out. Mm-hmm. Um, Taco Bell... Like three hours max. The thing that <laughs> and I'm and I'm just on the toilet sweating. So I I do not eat Taco Bell anymore. Me, it's actually this actually leads to a fascinating point that is me and Griffin ended up at the same end space IBS with through different routes. So we actually yeah. have kind of it's almost like we have different things that set us off. I've seen Griffin can't do dairy. Because no, uh, a lot of your IBS stemmed from um, a worsening of uh, lactose intolerance, right? Yep. Um, uh, my dad was lactose intolerant. I was lactose intolerant. It just got worse and worse over time. And the more uh, dairy I ate, the worse it got. 
My IBS really can't stemmed from um, scarring of stomach tissue from uh, um, gastritis and not really updating my eating habits to really deal with that. So dairy is actually fine with me. However, yeah. spice fucks me good, which means whenever I eat, I, whenever I eat at like somewhere like Panda Express where the spice isn't really like properly measured, that that ruins me. First of all, what what are you ordering at Panda Express? That's what I'm saying. Spice fucks me. <laughs> like it, like it. Because I, need to... I don't think of I don't think of any of the stuff I ever order at Panda Express as being spicy. I usually get um, the sweet fire chicken when they don't have the. Uh... Yeah, I get I get that sometimes. That's I don't regard that as spicy. I'm actually pretty good with spicy food. That's I what like I'm saying. I I'm good with dairy. You can't do dairy. I can't do spice. You can do spice. It's interesting. Yeah, no, I that... put. Sometimes I'll just eat a hot pepper just by itself. Mm-hmm. And if I did that, that would be my day. That would be like if that would yeah. be like if Griffin drank a quart of milk. Like it would. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or ate a block of cheese. Like, it would just end me for the day. Or possibly. Alright. What are we actually talking about this week, David? So, we're talking about Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider- Wait, is that song copyright? Well, you didn't sing more than three seconds of it, so we're fine. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we're gonna be talking about Spider-Man, specifically the movie Spider-Man. And... Um, in order to avoid this becoming us, or specifically me complaining about new Spider-Man, the topic name is, because I don't want that to be, because I actually do like Tom Holland Spider-Man. I do. Um, the topic is the strengths of each movie Spider-Man, parentheses, including Andrew Garfield. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Oh, well, uh... Including Spider-Verse as well? Yeah, we can include Spider-Verse. Okay. If, uh, if we include Spider-Verse, I'm happy with also including Andrew Garfield. Um, the strengths of the movie Spider-Man, um, specifically from our own points of view about Spider-Man. Um, because I think a lot of this is going to be a comparison between, uh, uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and the MCU Spider-Man because the Sony... To- Toby and Tom. Between, a large portion of this, just get ready, is going to be a uh, comparison of Toby and Tom. But I'm labeling this as the strengths of every Spider-Man because Tom Holland does have his strengths and the writing in that does have its strengths. I don't want it to sound like Sam yeah, Raimi did I, it right the first I, time. We're... Yeah, we're we're... We'll be upfront about this. We are definitely Team Toby. I mean, I'm always going to be. T- I mean, listen, we're 25. Well, you're 24. I'm. Uh, I'm 24. I'm you're 25. Yeah. Um, um. And that was that was our Spider-Man. I mean, it was our yeah. Spider-Man growing up. Was that was like that was like our gateway into superhero movies. Really? I mean, it was a lot of people in our generation's gateway into superhero movies. The MCU yeah. wouldn't be around for another like seven years. Uh, after like yeah. 2001 when the first one and came. I I didn't even like when the first Iron Man came out I was like what is this what <laughs> I, I didn't know Iron Man nobody knew Iron Man he like wasn't a a super well-known hero when did Spider-Man 3 come out was that 2007 oh that was 07 okay so, so 
right before uh, the MCU starts. Mm-hmm. So, let's... Okay, we're going to start this a very simple way. Are we what... doing this chronologically, or... Well, we're going to start it with kind of a concept. What okay. is Spider-Man to you? Who is Spider-Man to you? What is the principle behind Spider-Man? Oh, man, I don't know. Because um, I can go first if you'd like me to... Uh, you, uh, why don't you go first? Why don't you go first while I think about it? My biggest thing is that Spider-Man doesn't get to win. <laughs> Spider-Man doesn't... Spider-Man, at the end of the day, has to go back to his small apartment and realize that he is doing everything he can to hold New York together, to hold the wor- his world together. And it's never quite going to be enough. <laughs> and that's cut. But Spider-Man never lets that stop him. There's never a point... Uh, and we'll get to this when we get to the strengths of Spider-Verse, but this is repeated. With great strength comes great responsibility isn't repeated much in that movie, but what is repeated much in Spider-Verse is, uh, was it like we don't get knocked down or like we always get back up? You always get back up is a big theme in, uh, Spider-Verse. So, you know, what's funny about that. You, you just said, uh, you get back up. That's eerily similar to a quote from a different superhero movie that I was actually about to just compare to Spider-Man, which is uh, Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, the In Batman Begins, there's the quote, uh, why do we fall so we can pick ourselves back up? Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually was going to talk about the, I think the reason Spider-Man is so meaningful to a lot of people is actually a lot of the same reason why uh people love batman as well uh which is the fact that they're they're the most human they are very human batman very human they're they're like batman you know he ends up in a world full of like the justice league which are basically treated like gods in Mm -hmm. their universe and batman he's just a dude Mm -hmm. he's just a a really smart guy and then with spider-man it's a similar thing of you've got you know a larger universe of x-men and avengers and and space threats and time travel and then here's just here's just this little nerd with uh with he's got powers he's got a decent amount of super strength can climb walls and shoot has is smart enough to come up with a web shooting unlike batman spider-man actually has powers but but unlike Batman, but what Bat, what Batman has is the most unfair superpower of all: mass wealth. Which is, which is where we see the difference and why I think Spider-Man is more effective. But also not only more effective, but different. Batman is more a representation of unending determination. Batman will give up everything for what he believes is right. Spider-Man and Peter Parker really. Because that's the thing, right? That's the difference between Peter. If, I mean, there is a lot in common, but the difference is that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Bruce Wayne is Batman. <laughs> Batman is the real person. Yes. Yeah, Peter, Batman is the real person. Pe- uh, but, 
but Spider-Man is genuinely Peter Parker because or Peter, Miles Morales yeah, or every Peter other Parker version of Spider-Man. Fully cares and it will never let go of caring about like Aunt May or Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Just like how uh and that's a big part of it is um that's a bit that's the difference is that Batman is unending determination to any degree. Spider-Man is uh uh, is like you got knocked down because you were trying to juggle it all, and it's like I can't juggle it all. And then someone looks at him and goes, "Yeah, I know you can't juggle it all. Fucking stand up, do it again." <laughs> yeah, and and all of Spider Man's, all of Peter Parker's closest acquaintances are people. They're people who love Peter Parker, mm-hmm. not people who love Spider Man. Yeah. All of Batman, meanwhile, all of his closest acquaintances are, are all love. like in. They're all people who are, like, in on the Batman scheme. Yeah. Um, Bruce Wayne is not friends with Commissioner Gordon. No. But Batman is. Um, and that's the big difference between them. And that's why that's why um, Spider-Man connects closer to me. But that being yeah, said... I, I didn't want to just suddenly make a big Batman connection. Um, no, no, no. They are similar because that is... At Batman's heart and Spider-Man's heart, get back up is a large part of it. But the difference is yeah. that Batman gets back up and expects to win because he's going to put all of it back into it. Whenever Spider-Man stands back up, it's always something he will never be able to fully do. There is never a point where Spider-Man is going to be able to save the world, get uh, maintain his relationships in his personal life, and make money. He will always have to give up one of those uh, three things, or sometimes two of those yeah. three things. Um, yep. And also, um, uh, a similar point though, is that Batman and Spider-Man are both hated by their cities, <laughs> both considered. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Uh, Batman and Spider-Man also have probably some of the best, uh, rogues galleries of their respective universes. Uh, yeah. Universes. That being yeah, like, said. Who's. Everyone knows the best rogues gallery in DC, it's the Batman villains. Who's the best rogues gallery in Marvel? It's the Spider-Man villains. That being said, now that we've kind of defined what, what a Spooderman is, um, let's move on to, uh, let's start at Toby. <laughs> I think... First Toby? Yeah. Toby's, and by extension, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Because that is the series that is most co- co- connected to its director. Sam, um, I would say, yeah. um, but anyways, I don't even, I, I honestly, off the top of my head, don't even remember the names of the directors of, uh, the, the Garfield ones or the, uh, Tom Holland ones. Yeah. But Sam Raimi's Spider-Man is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. But I, yeah. Um, but anyways, um, <sighs> Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, I think almost fits it to a T what I think consider a Spider-Man, and it does have, as we said, an unfair advantage of being our Spider-Man. Part of, part of the reason I feel that it that's... It does have an unfair advantage. It also has an unfair advantage of not having had the same amount of other superhero shit to compete with mm-hmm. at the time that it came out. It was at the time that the first Spider-Man came out in 2002, what were other superhero movies that year? I can't think of one off the top of my head. Back in the day, we usually just got one superhero movie every two years. 
<laughs> yeah. No, I think I think there's one you could find one one a, one a year, year starting for the two one a year. But I can't think because 2003 was Daredevil and X Men two. 2001 was Blade two. I can't think of anything else from 2002 that would have had to compete. Mm-hmm. That that original Spider Man would have had to compete with. So it's basically if you were hungry for a superhero movie in 2002 that was your option that was what you got now where toby Maguire's spider-man does have plenty of wins in it if we specifically look at the first movie it ends with him giving up on a relationship with mary jane because he just killed his best friend's father and that is yeah. fucking... And actually, he didn't even kill him. Yeah, because his best friend's And father... that actually becomes a huge plot point in the sequels, is <laughs> Toby didn't kill him, he killed himself. But, like, literally his best friend's father, who believed in him, like, who believed in Peter Parker and supported Peter Parker, uh, Norman Osborn yeah. did believe in Peter Parker, um, like, tried to kill him, and then killed himself in front of him. So he watched his best friend's father die. And then when the girl of his dream says, like, I want to be with you, I love you, he's like, I can't because the last person I loved who, like, I felt a connection with, this 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 father figure to me, died because of who I am. And I'm not going to let that happen to you. In that movie, his uncle dies... The father figure of Norman Osborn dies. His aunt gets sent to the hospital, and Mary Jane gets dangled from a building and almost dies. There's not a lot of win for um, and then his best friend uh swears uh swears an oath to hate Spider-Man forever. <laughs> yup. Um, there no one likes Spider-Man in that movie, and ever and everything that Peter Parker like he he barely makes it out of that film holding his life together um yeah and i mean he actually barely makes it out of every film holding his life together. barely holding his life together that kind of becomes a recurring thing throughout i mean that's a recurring man movies that's a recurring theme throughout the comics i mean like it's often yeah like when spider-man when spider-man you know beats a bad guy at the end he's been through the ringer uh-huh and honestly i mean that is that is what the black suit represents. The black oh, are we are we skipping? Are we going straight to three? Well, I mean, we're talking about kind of the comics and three, but two is two is also that. I mean, every film deals with that theme, but the black suit is Spider Man saying, "Fuck it, I'm tired of this. I'm gonna take what I want." And what happens is that. Instead of Peter Peter Parker's life, honestly, gets really good. He gets a lot of money. He start, he just starts dancing around the streets. What happens when Spider Man, when Peter Parker says that, is everyone else's life around him starts crumbling because he's decided, "Fuck it, I don't care anymore," <laughs> and that's why he gives up the suit and. That essentially he gives up that kind of like right to be happy is because he realizes that what makes him, what makes everything good for him is that everyone else around him is safe. <laughs> um, yeah, and an equal, an equivalent theme because we did jump to three is, and what's so great about two is that we do get a yeah because re- I 
We can't just skip over two because no, I two have is the a best lot of movie. stuff to say about two. Two is the best two movie. Two is the best movie. Well, that well, that's part of why two is the best movie is even though that's what the black suit represents, one of the best examples of a mirror to Peter Parker's life is Doc Doc Ock. Doc Ock in two does lose everything. Not like Peter, who manages to kind of just keep it together enough by sacrificing enough. Doc Ock loses everything and decides, fuck it. <laughs> um, I'm, going, yeah. I'm going to take back my research. I'm going to take back everything that was taken away from me. And I don't care who I hurt in the process. In fact, I might hurt some people in the process, specifically because they hurt me. Um... And that's what Spider-Man kind of is the reverse of. I want to hear what you have to say about Spider-Man 2. So, well, I, I didn't even say much about Spider-Man 1 either. Oh, that's true. Because um, yeah. we wanted to, you know, say the the biggest strength that each one has. And actually, this kind of fits because, to me, the best part of Spider-Man 1 and the best part of Spider-Man 2 are the same thing, and it's the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of villains in general in stories um and uh norman osborn green goblin is such a great comic book villain he's such he's so good he's such a good like superhero villain he's the kind of villain that would never work in real life but because it's a superhero movie it just works so well and honestly, he's so crazy. He's so over the top. I love him. Thank you, Lord, for Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Lord, for Willem Dafoe. And thank you, Lord, for Alfred Molina. Oh, Alfred Molina uh, kills it as Doc Ock. Because Alfred Molina is so good as Doc Ock. He's so good at, at like, being kind of an intentional bad guy, but also having an emotional arc, so he's not just a one-dimensional villain. He's so good at just being the bad dude when he needs to be, and then being a real human I mean, when, not to mention when he has to be. Alfred Molina having fun with that role when he drops Aunt May from a fucking building and just looks Spider Man in the eyes and goes, "But a mm-hmm. but a fingers." <laughs> Alfred Molina is such a great and underrated actor. The closest love Alfred Molina. I feel like the closest amount of like. And we are jumping to the very end here when I say this, and then we'll jump right back. We're giving you whiplash all day, uh, folks. The closest yeah, we're, of, really, we're really bouncing all around. I thought we were going like movie by movie, but we're kind of just wrapping well, up. Well, I was going Spider-Man by Spider-Man, really. I was going Spider-Man by Spider-Man. Oh, okay. But, no, I, but I thought we were going like movie by movie. I'll try to stick to that better. But um, essentially, jumping real quick, uh, the, uh, the most charisma I've seen in a villain really since... Um, the original Spider-Man movies has really been, um, Mysterio, played by, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. He seemed to have a lot of fun. Oh, yes, 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 yes. But we'll get to that, we'll get to that. Um. We'll get to that. That's jumping ahead to the most recent Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, the, but anyways, um, I think Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man trilogy, and I don't care how you feel about three, I enjoy three, and I, I enjoy three too. Hell, I even think Topher Grace brings that fun vibe that, uh... Yeah, I, like, I get it, it's not really Venom from the comics, mm-hmm. but, like, for what it was, I had a good time. I mean, that's what... To- and you know what? You know what? Even if you hate Topher Grace, 
uh, thank God for Thomas Hayden Church as the Sandman. <laughs> yeah. Because he... If you don't like... That's the thing. There's like three villains in that movie. And I feel like you're gonna like at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy Topher Grace's performance and his arc. Because he his arc and Venom in that is everything that uh, Peter Parker... Uh, fucked up while he was wearing the black suit coming back to bite him. Because he just fucks yeah. over Eddie Brock's character in that film nonstop, and then Eddie Brock gets Venom, and he's like, alright, time to go kill Spider-Man. And it's like... he, he They also, like, set up Eddie Brock up front before there's even any mention of the of black suit or Venom or any of that. We, they basically set Eddie Brock up front at the beginning as rival photographer... And they, they're they literally just telling you up front, this is the anti-Peter Parker. And in that regard, everything that Peter Parker goes through throughout those films, even the point where he throws away his Spider-Man costume in the second one, um, mm-hmm. he, he, he is the antithesis of that, I'm going to get back up, even though I know I'm going to fail. And picking up this mantle means my life is going to be worse. But, I mean, that's what, that's, that, I mean, there it is, great power comes great responsibility, but... <laughs> great uh, power comes great responsibility. Which they have... Wait, what is... They have Don't they less. say, like, a really convoluted, bastardized version of that in the Andrew Garfield one? Um, I can't... Doesn't Martin Sheen say, like... Like, like, if you, if you can do things that help people, you have the moral obligation to do those things. It's something like that. <laughs> um, yes. Which brings us to Andrew Garfield. Unless there was something you wanted to... Actually... Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, but we can't move on from Toby without taking just a few seconds to talk about J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean... And really, just another one of the reasons why I love the Toby movie so much, uh, the side characters, the bit characters. Mm-hmm. I feel like every single human that has a name in those movies is memorable in some regard. I mean, even, I mean, I love J. Jonah Jameson, and I love his, like, assistant, played by Sam Raimi's brother. Um, you know, who the guy who's always like... Well, the guy he yells at all the time? Yeah. Um, I love Peter's, like, shitty landlord. Oh, yeah. You pay me right now! And, and his daughter, and his daughter who, like, really has a crush on Peter. Mm-hmm. I even love that they give the shitty landlord a moment where he connects to Peter, I think, in the third one. Where, like, oh, yeah. Where Peter is... Yeah, no, he's, he's not just a throwaway character. Like, that arc in the story matters. Um, yes. Yeah, so every character really plays into that theme. In the first two movies. Uh, first three movies, really. Um, so... Yeah, I was gonna say, the, the moment the moment with Peter and his landlord, doesn't that happen in three? Yeah, it does. So, let's move on to Andrew Garfield. That's a... Yeah. Because... Um, now, I remember very little about these movies, if I'm being honest with you. So, um, well, I should establish up front, I've only seen the first one. I saw it once when it came out, and I never saw the second one. So my memory of these movies is also not great. Here's what I do remember. Uh, Martin Sheen was Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. 
and he said a weird, convoluted, different version of with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that the villain, like, kind of didn't have a backstory or that he had a backstory, but it, like, got removed or something. Oh, the lizard? Yeah, the lizard. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, and then, and then the 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 good thing I remember about it is I remember that Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone had uh, good chemistry. Now this is true, and I think this is a great. I mean, because we're looking at the strengths of these Spider Man uh, films. And, yeah, sorry, and the I don't want to. I don't want to just shit on Andrew Garfield. Here's the I thing. actually do like. Yeah. No, I, I I actually do like Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. I just don't like the movie that they put around him. Here's the thing. Probably don't seek this out. You're probably fine. You don't have to watch this movie. But let's. I want to go over some strengths I remember. Number one. Um, and this is... All, I'm going to try to connect everything back to what I think makes a good Spider-Man. Peter Parker is a dummy and a geek and a nerd. But when he forms a relationship with someone, it is strong. And I didn't say this about the last three films about um, uh, Tobey Maguire. He's a real fucking geek and nerd in that, and I like that. I enjoy that he's a real freak. Uh, uh, but, I I enjoy that too. But he also does he also does well too. Whenever the, he actually is talking with someone, he's reasonably charming. And Andrew Garfield, I think, maybe even takes that one step further because his relationship with Emma Stone in that both the films feel just really natural and good. Um, not to mention, I really enjoy how much Andrew Garfield nailed um, something that every Spider-Man should also have, which is uh, Peter Parker himself is kind of a freak when he's Peter Parker, right? However, being Spider-Man kind of becomes a fucking asshole. <laughs> Oh, so I I was actually just about to talk about this. This is true, I think, of every Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. But I think Garfield is the one that really uh, accentuates it the most. That, like, when he... When when Peter Parker... When he goes from Peter Parker to Spider-Man, when he puts on the suit and goes out to fight crime, he's, like... He's, like, trying to try out his cool persona. He's trying out his cool persona. It's like he's doing his type 5 stand-up in, in the Spider-Man yeah. suit. And, like, every Spider-Man does this. Toby probably did it the least, but he still did do it. Yeah. Um, Holland does a good bit of it. Garfield, I think, does it the most. It's... And and I like it. Oh, I, I like I that he's like, it. yeah... Like, yeah, this is my alter ego. I don't have to act like Peter there's, Parker. I can act any way I want. There's honestly a moment in 2, which I think is a great Spider-Man character moment. Which is, he's put, this is early. Wait, which which 2? Oh, you're right, sorry. Andrew, Andrew Garfield 2. Um, Andrew Garfield, okay, the one I have not seen. So this is one you haven't seen. There's a moment in 2, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, where he's putting out a fire in Times Square, right? And... He's helping some firemen put out the fire. And, like, it cuts to, um... It cuts to, like, he's webbing the hose to hold it in place. Like, a couple hoses to hold it in place. And then it cuts to, like, all yeah. the fires being put out with all this water, right? And then it cuts back to Spider-Man, and he has a fireman helmet on. 
You just put one on. <laughs> and it's like... Uh, Wait, I think I've seen... I think I've seen that, like, as a still image. Just Spider-Man with a fireman's helmet on. Which is, which is kind of a great moment for Spider-Man. When he is Spider-Man and it's not... He's not under stress or anything. He's just having a fun time. He's trying to... He, he just... Yeah, like... Even though, even though, even though, unlike what we talked about before with Batman, uh, you know, Spider-Man is still genuinely Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Like, Spider- becoming Spider-Man still acts as sort of like a release for him. He's just kind of Peter Parker without uh, anxiety of high school when he's Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Or just the anxiety of life. And, and as someone with a lot of anxiety, I can relate. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that all plays in so well to what we were talking about before, is he's, a lot of times he is just so under pressure to get everything right that he has to act like that when he's Spider-Man. He has to, like, yeah, play it up, because that's how he copes, but he also, like, kind of loves it. Because he, he does kind of... It's therapeutic for him. He kind of does love being Spider-Man as well. That's kind of another thing. I feel like if Batman had the uh, option to stop being Batman, like if Gotham was fully safe, and like he would, except Bruce, except Bruce Bane will never Bruce Bane, Bruce Bruce Bane, <laughs> Bruce Wayne will never. I am um, the Knight. I am the Darkness. I'm Batman. Batman will never feel like his job is done, but if he ever did felt like he his job was done, he would probably stop being Batman. Spider-Man enjoys being Spider-Man. Peter Parker enjoys being Spider-Man. It's true. Even if there's, like, no crime ever, like, if Spider-Man just solved and ended all crime, he would still just, like, hang out on rooftops as Spider-Man. Yeah. Just kind of, like, swing around being like, what's up, New York? And because of that, I think I do think Andrew Garfield displays that well. He has fun in the role of Spider-Man. And that I enjoy. There's a lot of other things about these films that I don't enjoy, but it, it, the, Andrew Garfield is honestly not one of them. He is probably a standout of those films. No, he he is he is the best part of those Spider-Man movies, and so it's good that uh, for the new Spider-Man, allegedly he's coming back. Uh, I will. We say... don't know that for sure, but it seems like that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Our friend and with that. Perhaps yeah. Let's just move on because we have a limited amount of time. Let's move on to uh, Tom Holland's Spider Man. Yeah, let's talk about Tom Holland. So here's the big. Here's what I feel like is the big difference with Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty obvious, but I think it bears saying out loud anyway. In uh, Andrew Garfield Spider Man, and even more so in Tobey Maguire Spider Man, there aren't other superheroes. Mm-hmm. There are no other conflicts going on outside of what's happening in New York with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're in New York. It's Spider-Man. There, we don't like what is going on in in space or the rest of the world, or are there more superheroes? None of that matters. Mm-hmm. However, in the MCU, by the time we even got to Spider-Man, it was already a highly established world. Full of other superheroes. And let's let's take a look at how that changes some things. Because it does. And what I mean by that is... It does. It changes a few things. There's... Let the, one big thing that it changes is that 
Tom Holland's Spider-Man always has a father figure in his life. Be it Tony Stark or Happy. This is a true. Bi- this is a big departure from uh, this. This spider. This Spider-Man. Well, first of all, this Spider-Man is a lot younger. Even mm-hmm. though the character's not that younger, like the actor is, and it becomes apparent, like, oh, this Spider-Man, especially in this world of other grown-up superheroes, he really seems like a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm gonna say Tom a lot Holland of- Spider-Man has a. Oh yeah, go go ahead. Go I'm ahead. gonna say a lot of things that make it sound like he doesn't fit the mold of a Spider-Man, because my mold of Spider-Man is like one who can't, who like I said, won't always win and or can't always win and stuff. I do think that the Tom Holland Spider-Man covers those bases in different ways, but what they don't do is Tom Holland Spider-Man never deals with like. He loses. He loses a father figure in Tony Stark, but like he always kind of has someone around. Um, he is Tom Holland. Spider Man is very down for letting people know who he is <laughs> in comparison to our others. True. And three, Tom Holland Spider Man has never worried about money, at least in the films that we True. are are dealing with. Well, it, part of it is just like. Man, the MCU really just said fuck you to secret identities. Mm-hmm. And they they were like, nah. Spider-Man has a secret identity from the world, which is fine, but his Aunt May knows who he is. <laughs> which is massive yeah. in the world of Spider-Man. Um, yeah, Aunt May knows who he is. Uh, the rest of the Avengers know who he his is. His best friend knows who he is. His, his best friend knows who he is. Um, uh, in the end of the second movie, MJ knows who he is. Um, yeah, I was, I was about to say I'm I'm struggling to remember the ending of the second one. Yeah, MJ knows who MJ he is. Fi- MJ finds out. Yeah, she finds out about two thirds um, into the uh, into. The oh, movie. that's right. I remember it. I remember now. Sorry, I was thinking about the ending of uh, Far From Home, and all I could remember is the J. Jonah Jameson cameo at the end. And what this is brought to us by the cinematic universe, this is a thing that is changed by the cinematic universe, because what they do instead to fit that mold of Spider-Man, Tom Holland Spider-Man never really getting a win, is that everything that he loses is much bigger scale. His father figure dies in a space war. He has to yeah. he has to now control a drone system that oversees the world and he's 15 and he can't handle that. His losses are massive and not minute like um like Toby Maguire's, which I think is his which his I think world is, a problem. is just so much bigger. Essentially, his losses are brought from Peter Parker to Spider-Man. Spider-Man has the brunt of the losses now rather than Peter Parker in Tobey Maguire's uh, films, where he Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man would save the day. He would stop Doc Ock, he would stop uh, Green Goblin. But then you'd, yeah. you'd zoom in to how Peter Parker's life is going, and he would like lose his job and his girlfriend and Aunt May isn't talking to him or something. And it's like, and it's like oh, you saved the day, but you lost everything. Kind of the reverse for now, um, for Tom Holland Spider Man, which is his personal life is pretty well sorted, but he kind of yeah his personal life he's got like the one bully fucking Flash who I I love that Flash 
is like not a jock in the new Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. I like that he's just also a nerd, but a rich, mean one. Mm-hmm. Far From Home is honestly one of my favorite cinematic universe films in years. Like it, it I, I love, I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, yeah, Far From Home was really good. Well, because. And Homecoming wasn't that bad either. I enjoyed Homecoming all right. No, no, Homecoming was good. What I I think what I'm trying to articulate is there was kind of no way to recapture the Toby spy- style of Spider-Man in the MCU mm-hmm. because of how already established it was by the time Spider-Man even showed up. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really... Because it's not just Spider-Man movies anymore. It's Spider-Man in the MCU. Mm-hmm. so that whole trap of like oh you know spider-man's gonna have to go into a space war and like the losses will be incalculable but it all happens to spider-man like there really is no way to change that mm-hmm. for the purpose of making his losses more minute uh because they can't just make this kid's life complete shit he has to have something going this for is him. also brought up to the with the fact that the MCU is just kind of lighter hearted than those original three Spider-Man films. They just, that just too. they just are. I mean, the MCU it has yeah, its down moments. It wasn't always that way, but I it has its down moments, but still. I think as the MCU continues on, they've kind of just gotten the message that okay, like lighthearted and quippy is working for mm-hmm. us. And they do throw in a sad moment. They throw in some real shit every once in a while, but Yeah, and and yeah, they when things need to get emotional, they still are able to do that unless it's Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> um but it it's yeah, th- Spider-Man it it it'd be kind of tonally weird if they made Spider-Man like as dark as as it is with Toby <laughs> Maguire. Because then he's going to look like, you know, like the weird broody child mm-hmm. of the MCU. And, uh, hey, you notice how we didn't say anything about the villains for Andrew Garfield stuff? Well, that was on purpose. Let's talk about the... Yeah, because they suck. Yeah, because... But let's talk about the villains from Tom Holland because he's got they good demonstrated well. First off, not only the fact that, um... We're getting back, especially with Jake Gyllenhaal, we're getting back to uh, that kind of Jake Gyllenhaal being the reverse of Spider-Man in a way where he's like, no, I'm going to take what I want. Um, And, but also the fact that the death of um, Mysterio is something that Peter has to live with now. Like, Peter was indirect yeah. and that is actually the closest i think we've gotten to that toby Maguire feeling of my new problems is as a person as a teenager as a child peter parker has to live with the fact that he was in part responsible for the death of another human being yeah and that's it's because w- it's different when on. it's like you know when he's in avengers infinity war and he's fighting thanos aliens He's like, fighting Thanos aliens, and he's got, like, maybe, like, 100 other superheroes around him. And he's really yeah. just kind of playing the support role in the, his game of Overwatch that he's on right now. He's really just kind of a support <laughs> character. He kind of <laughs> is in a game of Overwatch, isn't he? Um, so he's and, not really uh, connecting, but... Yeah, with Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, that's a one-on-one. And the last villain he fought, supervillain he fought one-on-one, went to jail. So, like... Went to jail. Yeah, well, that was gonna say, that sort of was 
my problem with Homecoming that I think is the reason I like Far From Home more is that the stakes didn't feel high enough at any point in Homecoming. What was the bad guy after? Oh, he was trying to steal some stuff from a rich guy. <laughs> ah, we could have let him get away with that. Like, yeah, I, I enjoy it. Like, the- like honestly, Spider-Man Homecoming is better just as a high school movie than I, as a superhero movie. I enjoy the vulture in a way that, um, when looked at that being, yeah, well, I enjoy him in a different... Said, I do really like the Vulture. Yeah. I love Michael Keaton. Um, I enjoy Michael Keaton's Vulture when viewed in a different way, which is this is Spider-Man dealing with organized crime. This is a teenager having to take on, like, an organized crime oh, yeah. situation. And it's just like, you shouldn't be doing... Like, even Michael Keaton's character is like, you shouldn't be doing this. What the fuck? <laughs> what are you... <laughs> yeah, I... Well, that's sort of the thing. Like, in that movie, I'm kind of on Michael Keaton's side. Michael Keaton's kind of like, you shouldn't be, what? I'm sorry I have to kill you, but like, what the fuck are you doing? You're a child. (laughs) Yeah. The the MCU has this weird thing with their villains where they'll either make the villain super forgettable or they'll make them too good and you'll start to sympathize with the villain instead of rooting for the heroes. That really is, um... They they did that in Black Panther. They did that. They do it in Homecoming. They They kind of did it... Winter Soldier and Falcon. They do it in Winter Soldier. Yeah, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Um, They kind of do it in Infinity War with Thanos. Weirdly enough... Thanos is kind of the main character of that movie. Uh, uh, quick aside with David, sometimes how they do both in Winter Soldier and, uh, um, Falcon, they make the villains both forgettable and sympathizable <laughs> at the same time. Oh, you mean the, the uh, the, the flag, flag smashers? smashers? Yeah, they make them both forgettable yeah. and uh, sympathizable with. Um, Honestly, we'll have to do another episode of this where we talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier, because I could go on for two hours about, maybe uh, that's why Chad. Maybe that's why Loki is so good. We don't exactly have a villain. We just have an institution that Loki is rebelling against. And they're not exactly a villain yeah. as much as they are just like... The last thing I was going to say about Loki, which was I described it to my friend Jamal as uh, Loki looking for God to ask him why, <laughs> is essentially what the show is. <laughs> um. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. And hopefully... Uh, as of the time that we're recording this, the final episode of Loki has not aired yet. So mm. hopefully it it ends up being a good kind of asking God why and not Star Trek V. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's... Which is a very dated reference nowadays, but um, I'm looking at the time. We've been going for a long time. And yeah, there let's... is one more... There's one more Spider-Man movie that we haven't talked about at all yet that I insist we talk about. Yeah, let's talk about... um. Let's talk about Spider-Verse. It's a perfect movie. End of into discussion. The, into the spider <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, so earlier when I was like, Spider-Man 2's the best one, um, I meant the best live-action one. <laughs> the actual best Spider-Man movie is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. You want Peter Parker? We got him. You want Miles Morales? We got him. You want uh, Spider-Gwen? Cool, we got that too. You want uh, Nick Cage and John Mulaney as weird joke characters that also kick a ton of ass? We got it. You want uh, Peter Parker family stakes? Got it. You want uh, crazy over-the-top Spider-Man action? We got it. 
I mean, like, literally, that film is the antithesis of the statement we made before, which is, is literally multiple Spider-Men from different universes saying the exact same thing. Get back up because you're going to get knocked back down again, and you need to accomplish something before that happens. <laughs> like, And my great hope is that that uh, awesome feeling will be replicated in the upcoming Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, is that the second, uh, is that a sequel to the, uh, to That's, that's our, that's our third, that's our third Tom Holland one. Oh, which, third, wait. Fingers, fingers crossed on Toby and Andrew coming back as Spider-Man. Yeah, I fucking, Fingers I crossed. So. No, it's you... not, I mean, it, I mean, I mean, at this point, Marvel must know, like, they'd be letting down a ton of people if they didn't do that. It's just so weird. It's I'm I'm down for it, but it's so weird that you have to have essentially listen, if you don't know anything about Spider Man and your friends have invited you to go see uh that Spider Man film, you know, just watch this episode and then go. <laughs> this episode of the poop room you, and then go. You say that you say that and yet like imagine people plugging into Endgame for the True. first time and not knowing anything, and that movie was like the highest grossing movie ever, so so, like, you know what? When it comes to MCU, they've just gotten to the point where it's like, yeah, listen, some of you might need cliff notes. Listen, next <laughs> thing you know, it. next thing you know, they're going to make uh, an MCU movie, which is about something that nobody on the Earth, planet Earth, knows anything about. MCU Eternals. Well, that's kind of where we got... <laughs> That's where we got Guardians of the Galaxy from. Well, I was going to say... like, the, hey, what if we did something totally different? The Eternals? Yeah, Eternals is, is a little bit that, too. Um, they, they they tried to make Inhumans. Remember that failed show? That, yeah, they did not do that. Um, and they now they're making Shang-Chi, and that actually looks cool. Shang-Chi looks cool. I don't know anything about Shang-Chi, but it looks cool as fuck. Listen, there's... I'm a, also... There's a moment in the trailer where it has the abomination from the original Hulk movie in 2008 fighting Wong. So, you know, let's go. Um, uh, um, yeah. It, it, also, it kind of feels like... Go ahead. I, I don't know. We're, we're running long, so we should wrap this up. Alright, yeah. Alright. I mean, that's really all we have to say about all the Spider-Man films, really. Uh, we could do, like, yeah, seven we, video essays on it, but, like, we're, we're cutting it there. Um, do you... Yeah, do you want to just throw out, like, a last quick ranking of them? Uh, it's more like, I, would, I don't know if I'd have a ranking as much as I'd say watch the original trilogy. If you're into the MCU, watch Tom Holland's stuff. Uh, you have to go watch Spider-Verse. And then if you're really feeling a lack of Spider-Man in your life, you can go watch the Amazing Spider-Man movies. But, like, you don't have to. Yeah. I'd say and then go I'd watch the original sixties cartoon. Wait, is that the cartoon where that meme comes from, where it's the two Spider Men pointing at each other? Yeah. All right. Well, just look at just look up that meme. Don't watch any of the rest of the cartoon. Just look at the meme. Um. All right. Guess who's back? Back again. Jesse's back. Tell a friend. Thank you. Um, yep. 
uh we jesse's back we we loved him so much we decided to let him talk again <laughs> um do you have anything else to say david or should we just roll the roll roll the clip no nah, take it away jesse yeah ro- roll the clip roll the clip so i got into a fight on discord recently uh over emojis so one of the servers that i'm on is a is a it's a manga discord server and we got a lot of we got a lot of emojis on there from from the manga but uh i found recently that uh we disallowed some fan made emojis to be put up there because uh, they they weren't uh they weren't considered canon uh, a couple of the mods wanted to keep it limited to canon emojis with just a couple of exceptions that had already been added beforehand and this this baffled me. To me, the point of an emoji is to be able to express yourself uh, in a in a comedic or effective, like a comedic or a more expressive way than you could use in normal expressions. Now, when you're looking at a manga, you're going to find some exaggerated expressions for sure. But oftentimes, you're going to be looking at some more normal faces or some more subtle emotions in the art, and you're not going to be able to pick that up in an emoji a lot of the time, and that's where, you know, that's where fan-made emojis come in. You know, I'm on I'm on servers where people actually pay artists just to make emojis that are good enough quality to add on there, and it's, you know, sometimes it really works out. We get some really fun emojis that way, but this place, this place says no, none of that. They said it was, it was part of the culture to only use canon emotes, and, and I think that's just silly. And then they went into this whole tirade of like how even when they look at fan art of the manga, you know they don't they don't see that as the character. You know they 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 say it's never going to be good enough as the original. And I you know honestly, you know if you if you really need to connect them to the narrative that much, you know I'm not going to tell you whether to enjoy fan art or not. I'm not going to tell you you have to enjoy fan content, but I feel like the perception here is very narrow. And so naturally, I had to come in. I had to step in, and. I I had to give my view on this. You know, I never even talk in the server, but I had to I had to throw in my two cents. But I was just I never would have guessed that people would have been worried about the stylistic consistency of emotes, you know, a, a canon emote versus a, a fanon emote. I mean, I've I've held a contest for emotes once on on one of my servers and it we got a lot of fun new ones. Nobody ever complained about them. And, you know, we didn't even allow them to pull from pull from panel. I mean, you can't just win a contest by pulling from a panel, you know, that'd be silly. But there, there's a lot of opportunity for greater expression, and you know, and just people, people are just trying to say these new fan-made emojis aren't clear enough. When that's the point of a fan-made, maybe they're just looking at bad fan-made emojis. But the point of a fan-made emoji is to be, you know, clearer and and more expressive than what a normal panel can provide. And so there are a few that are, there are a few that aren't, you know, in terms of like in terms of you know up there in quality. But you know, it prompted me to look. At the just to kind of prove my point, it prompted me to look at the emotes that we have in that server right now, and I was able to find like eight of them that are that are just like a regular face. It's just like a regular face. You can't even see the expression they're making. There was one that was a GIF where like two pixels in the emotes changed color, and you would never even be able to see it. It took me like five minutes to notice this thing was a this thing was a GIF, and not some just hard to see you know low contrast constipated face. There was actually something going on in the background, and I'm not saying we got to get rid of all those, but, you know, if you're going to have garbage like that in there, you know, why not let some artist who's, who's you know, perfectly happy to just donate their, their work 
you know, to, to let people on the server have fun, why don't you just let them do it? There's absolutely, there's, there's no reason to deny people this. There's no reason to uphold this culture, this quote-unquote culture of, you know, canon-only emojis. All you're doing, all you're doing is stifling your own community. All you're doing is, is you're, you're gatekeeping the artists. Let them have fun. Let me, let me use the, let me use the cartoon emotes. Let me do it. Anyway, that's my rant for the day. Thanks. Um, okay, before, before we go any further, I just want to say that Jesse pronounced it GIF, and I'm happy. That's it. If you say GIF, you're wrong. This is totally unrelated, but I just needed to get that out there. Um, no, I, I say GIF. Yeah. <laughs> no, people I, who I'm, say... I, People who I say may GIF s- are freaks. I may say milk, but I do say GIF. Wow, you actually said milk correctly that time. Maybe it was for the bit. Say I'm, say say the say it again. Milk. Okay, that time it sounded like milk. <laughs> I've listen, for those of you who don't know, I have given David crap for years about the way he pronounces the word milk. Um, he pronounces it like milk. And that's not milk. a terribly uncommon pronunciation. There are other people who do that. And if you're one of those people, it's pronounced milk. Milk. So emojis. <laughs> um, do you so, use emojis, so, Griffin? Are you a no. big emoji user? Okay. <laughs> no, not at all. I use a couple. I, you know what I am a fan of? Uh, gifts. <laughs> I use I use a fair amount of gifs um now that most like text apps are smart enough to be able to just have a search function for gifs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so I use those a lot. I I don't use emojis that often. The only time I use an emoji is like the thumbs up. I use emojis pretty often, but they're your standard Apple emojis. I'm not like using Discord specific emojis, but No, me neither. And that you know, being that being said, I'm on Jesse's side in this argument. <laughs> I mean, I I think I'm on Jesse's side, but I'm also kind of like, who gets in a fight over emojis? I just understand the side of being like, hey, I'm not. I don't want to fucking limit the emojis that are used in this Discord. So like, yeah, no, like fuck you, fuck people who like try and uh, fuck gatekeeping. I hate gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Um. Let people like what they like. Uh, that being said, real quick disclaimer, me and Griffin are uh, looking at this Discord feud from an outside view. If you were sent here by Jesse and you have an opinion from said Discord, we know nothing about the drama of this Discord. Yeah, so no, please. we don't. Did he even say what manga it was for? I don't, I don't believe so. It's probably Tower of God. It's probably Tower of God. Is that just, are we just going to have like... Just like every couple months, get Jesse to talk about Tower of God some more. Watch our fan fan base become a large portion of our our fan base becomes just Tower of God fans. And we have to be... Oh my god, is this Jesse's evil plan to get me to read Tower of God? Is that he turns my fan base of my podcast into Tower of God readers and then I have to read it to keep up with my own fan base? I you know what if if that does happen I I can tell you now I am not going to read Tower of God. In fact, I will 
the more the fan base would protest and try and get me to read it, the more I would resist. The more you would, uh... Yes. In fact, I've just decided now, in this moment, I will never, ever, ever, ever read Tower of God. (laughs) Poor Jesse. He does a last-minute recording so that we can get an episode done in time, and then we swear off his favorite manga for life. <laughs> oh god. No, I'm I'm on Jesse's side. Well, you swear it off for life. I'm still <laughs> I mean I'm only I'm only like half serious. I will I, only uh... it's only like if that does happen and a large percentage of our fan base ends up being uh Jesse stands, I guess. <laughs> I um I think I, I'm, with what I have heard, I stand with Jesse in the way that I, I can understand some people being a bit pedantic about wanting to keep the consistency of the emojis, but let, let artists express themselves with the emojis. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, emojis yeah. are for fun. With, <laughs> with the assumption that I'm accepting the premise of this argument, yes, I am on Jesse's side, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, cause yeah, it, Oh, canon or fan? Who cares? As long as it's not like, like harmful to other people. As long as emojis aren't like offensive to other people, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, unless it's some shit where it's like got um, like offensive slurs on it or or something else or like a swastika or something. But I I highly doubt that. And if that is the case, then then this Discord has much bigger problems than emojis. <laughs> um, oh. But assuming it's none of that. Um, yeah, fucking let let fans post their own shit. Uh, I would be so. Oh, we should probably start a poo crew, uh, like Discord at some point once we actually get people listening to it. And I love to have our own emojis for the poo crew. <laughs> that would be cool. They'd all be poop related. Yeah, we just recreate every emoji as a poop. <laughs> Like the thumbs up is just a, like a <laughs> just swirly, a, just a swirly poopy thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Uh, and if you go sponsor us on Patreon, no, we don't have a Patreon. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon. Um, um, if you would like us to get a Patreon, um, I guess tweet at us, or yeah, or, or just call us because there's a high likelihood you know us at this point. <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening. <laughs> uh, you hear that, Uncle Dennis? Anyways. <laughs> do you actually have an Uncle Dennis? I do have an actual Uncle Dennis. He uh, uh cool. he started what following the um he started following the Robots into Guys page and now I pretend that he listens to every podcast I do. Oh cool. What does Uncle Dennis do? Can we can we shout out Uncle Dennis? <laughs> Uncle Dennis is a uh, graphic designer, I believe. Oh. Listen Damn, uh, you, and a you, piano player. He also right, so, Uncle Dennis. He, he also had a long stint of selling Mexican jumping beans. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I if Uncle Dennis is listening to this, I hope that we've made him happy. <laughs> <laughs> Me as well. I would like to make my Uncle Dennis happy. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to me and Griffin ramble about Spider-Man for so long. Honestly, if I if we would wanted to, there could have been like four friends we could have brought in on this conversation because I think this, it's a thing this that you easily and I have could have we easily could have kept going for like another two hours. 
Um, it could have, yeah. Maybe like, we'll have to. Maybe we'll have to have more Spider-Man discussions in the future. It's very possible. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Uh, uh, check out our uh, Twitter, maybe uh, at crew, <laughs> at at crew underscore poo. Um, check out Robots in the Guys, David's other podcast. Uh, I also Instagram, edit another. Robots in the Guys. Yeah, I also edit another podcast called "Are Your Parents Proud of You?" Go listen to that. Um, go listen to Hate No Eight and All Systems Are Go. Uh, other portions of of the Brunch Sucks Network, and uh, eventually we'll have the Brunch Sucks Network website up, so you can just check it all out there. All right, yeah. thanks, all. and 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 special thanks to the composer of our theme music, Boss Jesse. Thank you, thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. Right, everybody. You'll May probably start poops. hearing Jesse right about now as we as we leave. Bye, everybody. May your poops be plentiful and safe. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you, David. Bye, everybody.